Mark chapter 4, verse number 41. Mark chapter 4, verse number 41. And Mark chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Mark chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. When he saw Jesus, from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. <clears throat> he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him, not to send them out of the area. I want to talk about today doubting disciples and believing demons. Doubting disciples and believing demons. Pastor William Anthony Jordan said that faith, fear opens the door to doubt. I just felt like quoting myself. But in all seriousness, fear opens the door to doubt. And I read this before coming in. Doubt your doubts before you doubt your faith. And I think all of us today can be honest that uh, We all struggle with doubt at times. But every now and then in your moments of weakness, your moments of flesh, when flesh outweighs spirit, when life comes at you, in harsh and unexpected ways, in spite of what you read, in spite of the sermon you heard, in spite 
or even the prayer that you prayed in that moment of flesh, in that moment of weakness, you understand that um, if there is a crack in the door, Lucifer has a way of slipping in. And he'll make you think that everything that you've heard in the area of somatic discourse, in the area of Bible teaching, in the area of reading God's word yourself, and in the area of prayer, God doesn't hear you. And I'll argue this to anyone. If you've never doubted God, it's a good chance you don't know him. Because every now and then we wrestle like those disciples wrestled. Master, don't you care? I mean, you see me in this mess. You see me in this position. As a matter of fact, if I can push it, we are in this mess because we are being obedient to your voice. Because we're only, we're only out here in the storm because you said let us cross over. And following you has led us into a rough place. You see us out here struggling and anybody out here Besides me ever wondered where God was? You wondered, did he see you in this? You wondered because you were taught to say your prayers. You, you, you were taught that if you pray right, that God will hear and answer your prayer. But the more you pray and the more you talk, the longer your storms or circumstances seems to elongate. And I can't speak on your behalf, but on my behalf, I have, like the disciples, I have wondered every now and then where God was. And I have wondered, does he care? Does he see me? Does he hear mean does he see my tears i'm on my knees i'm lamenting i'm crying i'm asking for help i'm asking for him to see me through this and bring me through this and yet the deeper i seem to sink into an abyss of darkness and depression and calamity and sometimes uh, like them i wonder do you care and what bothered me about that whole issue in Mark chapter 4 was uh, in the midst of all of this, he seems not to be uh, bothered. He is actually relaxed. So much so until he is literally asleep in the hinder part of the ship on a pillow. Fishing. And then when they wake him up and they ask him, Master, don't you care that we are about to perish? 
He ignores their inquiries. And he literally addresses not them, but what they are going through. You might want to shout right there in case you missed it. I said something pretty good. He does not address you. He deals with what you are going through. Because you are not the center of the story. He deals with your cancer. He deals with your economic depravity. He deals with your enemies. He makes them leave you alone. He deals with not just with you, but that what you are going through. And then he utters those three words that says, that brings comfort, peace, and solace to all of us. He says, peace be still. That's just a small front porch to the front door of where I'm trying to get to. Where I'm trying to land is in verse number 40. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Listen to this equation, church. Fear plus doubt equals no faith. If you fail, fail the algebra and math, this equation really ain't hard. Fear plus doubt equals no faith. And how many of us wake up every day fearful of what today will bring? Because fear, again, opened that door to doubt. When you have fear in your life, you doubt the authority and the power of God to do whatever he desires to do in the areas of your life. And membership and titles and power and position and resume and pedigree and economic success will not... Um, Stop you from doubting God. Because God has a way of allowing you to enter some storms when you think that your resume or your pedigree or your money or your credit or your clout can get you out of these things. And God said, no, I'm going to land you somewhere where nothing you have can deliver you. I'm going to place you in a position that no one you can call can call someone else on your behalf. I'm going to place you there. Because I'm going to see does all of this God taught you taught have a foundation to it? I, I'm, 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 I'm going to really see, do you really believe God is good all the time? 
You know, over time, God is good. Because I'm going to let somebody you know take their own life. I'm going to let somebody you love kill themselves. Not, I'm, I'm going to watch them do it. I'm, I'm going to see, can you still clap and worship in strange places? I'm going to allow, because Joel Gregory says the wrath of God is not God doing things. He says the wrath of God is a God allowing things to take place in your life. When God is on the throne and God lets Donald Trump come into office. When, when God is on the throne and he allows people you love to die unexpectedly. When he allows your job to play out and when he allows the people you think that you cannot live without turn their backs on you. That the wrath of God is God sitting back allowing certain things to happen in your life. But I believe he allows those things to happen because that got to be some weight to your faith. Uh, uh, pardon this, this earthen uh, uh, soulful uh, illustration but nobody likes to eat neck bones who ain't got no meat on it uh, meatless neck bones are really frustrating you, you at that table sucking and you ain't sucking nothing Got to have some meat somewhere on it to enjoy it. God says, I, you got to have some meat on that faith bone. Because you, you talking about me and you, you preaching about me and you singing and, and, and coming to hear about me means absolutely nothing if you can't take what you heard and apply when the storm comes. So what, what, what God says to us, this is really frivolous. And it's almost like eating um, cotton candy. Tastes good, but you ain't got no substance. It's sweet, but it ain't going to fill you up. And you shouting and going into a praise break and using all of this church vernacular nomenclature of how good God is and you're too blessed to be stressed and you know too much about him. Well, if you know all that about him, why are you doubt him? You see, we say things, you, you can't make me doubt him. I know too much about him. That is why I love him so because he is so real to me. And yet you will sing that song, quote that line, and leave this place doubting the same God you just talked about. Because fear plus doubt equals no faith. See, that, doubt, doubt doesn't just start. It's a process. You, you have fear somewhere in your soul. And you do know that Jesus left his hometown because 
uh, the folk had no faith. And you want God to show up in your life and do things and perform miracles and perform signs and wonders. But guess what? This just ain't God's party. This is your party as well. And uh, you, 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 you know, you, what, let me help you with something. When someone invites you to dinner at their home, it is really sad if you show up at their home with nothing. You know, if it's a not so much a party, but a dinner, you know, a dinner, you know, bring a bottle of, you know, whatever. Bring a cake or something. Don't don't just show up empty-handed. And I've done that too. Uh, uh, but it, it shows in some areas a lack of class. You know, then some folk will tell you, well, you ain't got to bring nothing. Now, I get that. But if, if, if they don't tell you don't bring nothing, God, bring something, you know. And, and, and this is my point. When God invites you to come to him, you got to bring faith with you. Don't, 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 don't just show up empty-handed. Because I keep telling you, you, you got to participate in the miracle that you want God to perform for you. You, you got to have faith. Now, now in moments, I, I, let, 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 let me back into this one second and, and drop back in here for a few seconds. That if you don't have the faith that you need uh, to get what you need from God, this is in, this, this is really important that you must do this. You need to find you at least two or three friends who can carry you when you can't carry yourself, who can pray for you. I'm in the Bible. Because that boy who was paralyzed had about three or four friends who carried him from where he was to get him in the presence of God. When you can't carry yourself, have at least somebody who can pray for you and cover you when you can't pray for yourself. You need somebody to pray. Somebody pray for me. Somebody had me on their mind. He says, why are you so afraid? And let me ask you a question today. Not, not a question. Let me ask you this question. Why are you so afraid? What more does God have to do to prove to you that he has your back? And please don't tell me that if he had my back, this wouldn't have happened or that wouldn't have happened because guess what? All of us have those stories. We lost something or someone or life doesn't work out the way you think it should. And I hear you because you're a good class. You're saying, well, if God was good and if God was God, where was God? When I went through this, he was in the same place he was when his son died on Calvary. He was on that throne allowing the things to happen in his permissive sovereign will. But child of God, you just can't shout about Sunday morning. You got to endure a good Friday. 
You, you got to endure the storms of life that come along with being a disciple of God. And sometimes uh, being God's disciple will lead you into places uh, of the unknown. Why are you so, why are you so fearful? But secondly, in chapter 4, verse number 41, the text says, they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Listen to me, church. Don't be guilty of knowing Jesus without knowing Jesus. Thank you, John. I guess you're the only one who got that. Because that was the only response I got in the whole room. Thank you, John. Bless you. I'll cash up you. Don't be guilty of knowing Jesus without knowing Jesus. And there are folk in church, in life, in the Bible who knew Jesus but did not know him. Just don't know the person of Jesus. Know his power. Know his spirit. One example of that is, again in Mark's gospel, when that woman who was bleeding came in the crowd. And Mark uses the word that the people were thronging him or they thronged him or they were touching or uh, they, they, they were all around him. They were, they, they were in a panic of some sort of joyous panic because he was present. They were all touching him as he walked through the crowd. But Mark says out of all of the people who touched him, only one person touched him. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. Out of all of the people who touched him, only one really touched him. Because she touched him in faith. She touched him in belief. She touched him in desperation. And when he felt her touch, Mark says he stops and says, who touched me? And the smart folks said, what do you mean that everybody's hand are on you? No, this touch was unique. This touch was different. I felt power. Leave me and transfer elsewhere. Don't be guilty, church, of saying your prayers and never feel Jesus. But don't be guilty of reading your Bible and never feeling his power or his presence. Never be guilty of watching and hearing sermons and lectures or when we come back to God's house. Don't be guilty of being in here two whole hours and guess what? You still don't know who he is. Don't be in church bragging on how long you've been a member here and you still don't know him as your Lord and your Savior. Church membership power position authority means nothing if you don't know him in your in your heart in your 
in the presence of your sins. I need to know him. I, I need to know him. I, I, I need to be able to talk about him, not what I heard, not what I read, but what I know. I, I, I thank God for your story, but that's your story. I, I thank God for Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel. But guess what? That's that story. I thank God for those who he fed. I bless God for Bartimaeus being healed. But that's that story. I need my own story. Where I can stand up, sit down, text, email, and testify. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. I'm glad God healed you, but guess what? He healed me too. I'm glad God fed you, but he fed me too. I'm glad God kept you, but he kept me too. Is there anybody out there who can type, he kept me? I know him for myself. So don't be guilty of knowing him without knowing. How do you talk about church and not Jesus? I want to know him. I want to experience him. Here it is. Not just on Sunday. And not just at church. I want to see him move and operate. In my life. And. If you. Say to me. Well pastor. I'm having a hard time. Seeing Jesus. Move. In my life. And I understand. Let me give you a. Starting point. Of where you can start. Seeing Jesus. In your existence. Number one. You woke up. That's a good place to start. I'll give you time. You, you were able to clothe your own body. And brush your own teeth. And comb your own hair. And tie your own shoe. And drive yourself to your different. Nations. That. You, you see him. You see him as he takes care of your children and brings them home safe and sound. You see him when you tell your spouse goodbye and yet they come back home alive and well. You see him when you eat and when you are able to feed yourself. You see him when you, when you ask him for certain things and he says yes. And you see him when you ask him for certain things and he says no. I don't want to be guilty of being churchy without being a Christian. I want to know him. But here it is, and I'm, let, let me move. I've said this before. Don't be guilty of seeing Jesus in other people's storms, but don't see him in yours. Because you know, when other folk are going through, church folk got all the advice. Talk to me now. Don't, 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 don't shut down on me. When, when other folks sick and 
lose loved ones, all we got all the advice. All we we are super spiritual, baby. And 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 this is from the foundation of Black Church, baby. God won't put no more on you than you can bear. Don't 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 cry. You're gonna make yourself sick. That's probably about the dumbest stuff I've ever heard in my life. Probably because if you don't cry, you're going to make yourself sick. Uh, we just say the silliest stuff, uh, you know, in church. We got we got all this advice. When somebody die, we get up here talking about, I know how you felt. I sat where you sat six months ago. You don't know how I feel. That was your mouth. It's mine. We, 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 we got all the advice. Say your prayers. Read your Bible. But sometimes when life and grief and depression happen, sometimes it's hard to see God. I know you ain't going to admit that because I know y'all saved and y'all walk above the ground. But sometimes it's hard to see him. When you are drowning in grief, sometimes it's hard to see him when no matter what you eat, what medicine you take, you still can't seem to get well. You still can't seem to feel any better. It's hard to see God when you give and give and give and the more you give, the more you are cut. The more you are forsaken, the more you are lied on and talked about. It's hard to see God. But I hear, and I'm going old school now from my home church back in Alexandria, Louisiana, where I used to hear the old, at that time they called them the senior choir would sing something like this, something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. And singing and knowing God in your storm is when you got something on the inside saying, no, it don't look good, it don't feel good, it don't taste good, it hurt like hell, but guess what? God is still good, and God is still in control, and God still has all power, and that's the time you, my friend, who are engaged in grief and depression, you got to fight like hell to get yourself out that bed, take a shower, comb your hair, brush your teeth, put some color and say, this is the day that the Lord has made and I still will rejoice and be glad in it because I just can't worship God when things are going well I just can't praise God when children are being born I just can't bless God when I got some money a job and a boo I got to bless God in the cemetery I got to bless God when I ain't got no money I got to bless God when they tell me I can't fix you no more. I gotta know it. Even when it don't feel good. 
But let me say, let, let me tell you something, I'm done. Don't forget what he has done in the past. And watch this. What he has done in the past will carry you through in the present. I'll say it again. What he has done in your past will carry you through in your present. Example, you sitting there, you sad, you mad, you depressed, you grieving, you hurt, you upset, you think God don't care about you, but something on the inside. As you are there lamenting about how bad your life is and God comes in and God will arrest your mind and your spirit and God, God uh -huh, has a way of doing like, uh, uh, like that uh, episode of Fred Sanford when Fred was being a Scrooge and Lamont showed up as the ghost of Christmas past. He took him back to his childhood and every now and then God's power will come back and take you back to things you've been through in the past. And God will say, when you were sick in 2010, I was there. When you lost your job in 2012, I was there. When they lied on you and tried their best to sabotage you in 14, I was there. When they told you you had cancer, I kept you. I was there. When you went through dialysis, radiation, and chemo, I was there. When you were in jail, I was there. On parole, I was there. In the cemetery, I was there. So guess what? Before you throw yourself a pity party, think back over your life and see how good God's been to you and every step of your life, God was right there walking with you, talking with you, holding your hand, wiping your tears. God was there all of the time. Oh, yes, he was. I'm done now. I really was on that too long. Y'all give me five and I'm done. I promise you I'm done. Don't be a doubting disciple and allow demons to know what you don't know. Because as they were on that sea, remember they set sail because he had an appointment in Gadara with a man who was a walking haunted house. And when they got to that place called Gadara, as soon as they docked and Jesus got off the ship, the crazy man, the man full of hell, doubt, and demons fell down and guess what he said? Jesus! Watch this son of the most high God. What do you want with me? I'm done. God bless you. But don't let demons and devils recognize the authority of God and you don't know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't let, don't, don't, don't let, don't let the demons recognize the authority of Jesus. But you don't. Because guess what? Same disciples, same Jesus. In Mark chapter 4, 
don't know who he is. But guess what? When you get to Mark 5, demons inside the man fall down and say, not, not just Jesus, because guess what? The name Jesus, Yeshua, was a common name in the area. But he put some power on that thing. He says, Jesus, son of the most high God. I can't hear nobody. If you are in church, if you are saved, guess what? Don't let folk outside of church pray and you don't pray. Don't let folk outside of church give and you don't give. Don't let folk outside of church worship and you don't worship. Don't let folk outside of church see the power, the authority, the majesty of God in the club, on the corner, in the dope house, and you come to church and say, I don't know how I'm going to make it. How dare you? The devil is a lie. Don't let them know who he is, and you don't know who he is. I know who he is. I serve the risen Savior. He's in the world today. Yeah, yeah, I, I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just when I need him, he's always near. He lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. How do I know? I come to the garden alone. While the dew still on the road. Let me get to the good part. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. He tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Good morning, church. I'm done with y'all now. But anybody in here, anybody out there, can say you can make me down in. I know too much about him. That is why I love him so. Because he's so real to me. He's real in the morning. He's real at noonday. He's real late in the midnight hour. Anybody watching me can lift up their hand in the bedroom. Anybody out there at the kitchen table can throw your hands up and say the Lord is blessing me right now. Anybody here 
I feel good this morning can shout today and say the Lord kept me through depression the Lord kept me through grief he kept me through being broke I ain't got much now but I got my mind I got my hands I got my feet but most of all I got my breath and since you got breath let every let every thing that has breath praise ye the Lord I know we in COVID and you can't touch nobody but point to somebody and say neighbor every time I turn around he keeps on making a way hallelujah 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 come on go with me lift up your head oh ye gates and be lifted up and the king of glory shall come in and somebody ask the question who is the king of glory and the choir said the lord strong and mighty the lord mighty in battle i'm done with y'all now but anybody here can shout and say the lord fought my battle the lord kept my mind the lord saved my soul won't he do it won't he do it say say Don't doubt him. Don't feel good. Don't look good. Don't taste good. It hurts. It's uncomfortable. But no, God can't go you in comfortable places. Even now, my friend, my brother, my sister. Jesus can come in your life. In the car, at your desk, in the cubicle, at your table, bathroom, bedroom, wherever you're watching this broadcast. If you're on the phone listening live, he's right there. 
if you simply confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you died and rose, you shall be saved. Don't have to be a choice for God to save you. He saved Saul on the Damascus Road. And he can save you wherever you stand, wherever you sit.